we'd have a little fun this morning because the title of my message is Life is a Highway. So if you've never seen the movie Cars, that's a little bit of fun for you to sing Life is a Highway. <laughs> so if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jennifer and I am married to Pastor John. Um, and I get the privilege to come out and speak to you guys today. Typically, I am back with the kids in Element, and um, I haven't been out here in a while, you guys. It's been like a quick three years since I've been out here, and I am so excited uh, to bring God's word this morning because I know that he's spoken a lot to me through this message, and I am believing that his word is going to speak a lot to you guys through the message. So I wanted to start off by just saying thank you for all your prayers for Johnny. It's been uh, 10 or 11 days now since he had surgery, and he's doing amazing. Like, he's here. He's, uh... <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing better every day, and um, if you see him, I would just highly recommend not giving him huge hugs. Not the huge kind. Maybe like a fist bump or a high five or a side hug would be good. Uh, he's still healing, but it's, he's doing amazing, and we know that that's because of God, and we're thankful and give him all the glory for that. So I'm glad you're back. <laughs> so we are going to jump right in. You guys, um, if you brought your Bibles with us, with you, we're going to be in the book of Jonah today. Um, if you did not bring your Bible with you this morning, I'm just going to give you the same little speech that I give my kids back in Element every week. Bring your Bible with you to church. Here's why. You guys, this thing is alive and powerful, right. right? This is the living word of God, and this is one of the ways that God can speak to you. So if you bring it with you, he can, I mean, we're, yes, we're teaching it, but I want you guys to be in the word too. I want you to know what he's saying and know that what we're teaching is right and let him speak. So if you don't have a Bible, we would love to get you one. So there we have it. Okay. <laughs> Let's get in. The first point this morning is life is a highway or a journey or a race, whichever you'd like to call it. So life can, if you're on the highway, life can sometimes be like this. Highways, especially if you're going through West Virginia, going down south, can be a lot of this and around. Makes me totally carsick. I cannot drive through West Virginia well without like a something to help me with nausea. But Life is a highway, right? Or it can be a journey, and the Bible talks about it a lot as being a race. So that's kind of the way I think about life as a race. I think most times, and um, recently, which was actually just last weekend, my daughters and I ran a 5K. And it was so much fun. It was, I say ran, we walked a good bit of it too. But, like, it was called the Glow Run, and it was over in Moon Township. And so my three daughters and I, who they're still pretty young, um, got all dressed up and, and we went with some friends and we were in fluorescent colors. And I'm talking tutu skirts and white socks up to here that would glow in black light. And we were decked out. Like we had shirts made that said, uh, I was made to glow in the dark um, and with the Matthew scripture on it. <laughs> and we were ready. I mean, it was, it was an exciting time. I thought I would show you some fun pictures. So this is our little group, and uh, we looked crazy. Where's the close-up? Like, there was glow-in-the-dark glasses. <laughs> like, we had lays on. We had stuff in our hair. People were literally taking pictures of us because of how funny we looked. Um, 
Yeah, so that's that. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the message, but um, for me, I tend to think of life as a race. And I used to run races in high school. I ran cross country. I ran track. I wasn't very good at it, but I definitely enjoyed it. So I'm going to start in Jonah chapter 1. It's in the Old Testament toward the end of the back of the Bible. Um, If you see Micah, it's kind of in that vicinity. But Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and we're going to be here all morning. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now, if you're familiar with Jonah's story, this is nothing new to you. What I want to share with you guys this morning is hopefully a different perspective on Jonah's life. So these first three verses, we usually cling to the fact that Jonah sinned. But I want to kind of look at this different and say that in verse 2, we learn that Jonah was a man of God. He was a man of God who heard from God and made a mistake. He was a man who heard the word and made a choice And paid money to go in the opposite direction. Now, if any one of us sitting here this morning has never done that before, where we know what God wants, but we've kind of in the moment made an opposite decision because of fear or because of whatever in our life, circumstances, I don't know, you can raise your hand, but I know that I'm not one of those people. Like, I've made these decisions before. I'm not perfect. All of us are a lot like Jonah. He heard from God. He was a man of God. But he made a mistake, just like we do. Okay? So Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. But he was, so he took a boat to go the opposite direction. My second point this morning is our life will come with ups and downs. So whether or not we like it, life is going to throw things at us. There's going to be things that where we feel like we're on a mountaintop, and there's going to be th- ways that we feel like we're in the valley, and we feel like, God, where are you? Some of those things are going to be things that we had control over. Maybe we're walking out of consequence like Jonah was here, where he'd made a bad choice. And some of those things are going to be just trials in our life, where God's seeing what we'll do with certain things. So we're going to have these bends and these twists and these turns, and not, life is not always going to be straight and easy and perfect. Read with me some more. This is a long one. Jonah chapter 1, we're going to read verses 4 through 16. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. I'm going to pause there. Just remember that. Each of them were crying out to their own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he laid down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you be asleep? Get up. Call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us and we will not perish. 
Then the sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots to see who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. I'm going to pause there for another second because I want you to see Jonah's still in the midst of a storm inside himself. He didn't just come out and say, this is my fault and admit it. He waited for the the lot to be cast on him, which then told that he was the reason for everything. So he's still struggling. Like he's still struggling within himself. Verse 8, so they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? Where's your country? From what people were you? And he answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, and who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then, the Lord, then they cried out to the Lord, O oh Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O oh Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. What I want you guys to see from that passage of scripture is that even though Jonah was in the midst of turmoil in his soul and in his spirit, and he was in the midst of having made a pretty big mistake in his life, that God still used him. If you remember, we said that at the beginning, all of the sailors, all the people on the boat were praying to their own God, right? By the end of that situation, they were all talking to the one true living God. So they weren't just, when we say that we're talking to God, y'all, they were crying out to him. They were praying to him. They all of a sudden believed in him because of what was happening on the boat and because of what was happening in Jonah. Jonah was, even though he was struggling, he still was pointing to God and saying, Yes, I worship the one true God. He didn't walk away from God. He wasn't saying he didn't believe in him anymore or that he'd lost his faith. He made a mistake, just like we all do, right? And so I love that God used him in the midst of his circumstances, used his life to change the lives of others. Because those sailors, they weren't just crying out to God and praying to God. Like the end of that scripture says that they were making sacrifices to him and they were making vows to him. They weren't just pleading for their lives, you guys. There was life change in those verses. There was life change in the lives of these sailors, I believe, because they saw a great miracle. When Jonah said to them, throw me overboard, 
They were like, no, we can't. Like, we don't want to take the life of an innocent man, which really seems like the right thing to do, except you're not obeying what God said, right? So they saw the the consequence of that. The storms got worse. They didn't go away. But when they listened and they obeyed to God's, God's command and what was being said, the seas grew calm. And those sailors got to be a witness of what God was doing in Jonah's life, even if it wasn't through the best circumstances. Okay? So even though we've made mistakes, and even though we find ourselves in tough circumstances sometimes, God can still use you to change the lives of others. So my third point this morning is God provided a way out but it didn't look like it at first. God provided a way out for Jonah, but it didn't look like it at first. So read with me Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. So he provided a fish. A great fish. So you guys, I can only imagine, like, we kind of have the Sunday school version of Jonah being inside that whale, and somehow magically there's electricity and he can see everything, but he couldn't. Like, he's in the, he's, he is at the lowest and deepest point in his entire life. It's dark. He's all alone. And I can't imagine that it smelled very good either. Like, he is literally in a place that he probably thinks that he's going to die. He hadn't read the book of Jonah. He didn't have that to say, oh, yeah, this fish is going to spit me out in three days. I'm going to be fine. He didn't know. So, you guys, those three days and three nights that he was in the belly of that great fish were probably terror for him. Have you ever been in that place where it's dark and you feel alone and you're scared? The minutes feel like hours. And the hours feel like days. And the days feel like years. Because at some point you can't breathe. And you feel like nothing but darkness and death is around you. And I can only imagine that that's the way Jonah felt in those moments. Jonah spent 4,320 minutes inside the belly of that whale. That I say whale, the great fish. 4,320 minutes. That's how many minutes are in three days and three nights. And that's the way my mind works because, you guys, I've been in that place before where it's dark. And you feel alone. And you have no idea what's going to happen next whether you're going to live or you're not. And it's a lonely place to be. And those minutes go on forever. And that's where Jonah was in his life, okay? My fourth point, which don't get too excited. It's my last point, but it's also my longest point um, this morning. My fourth point this morning is that Jonah had to persevere. Jonah had to persevere. So, guys, let's figure out what happens next. Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. 
From, the, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, and he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All the, your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I look again towards your holy temple. And we're going to pause there for a second. Because in this portion of scripture is where something changes in Jonah's heart. Something pretty major changes in Jonah's heart. He goes from talking about all of the waves and all of the things and the circumstances that are happening around him and how terrible they are in which they were to turning his focus toward heaven. He took, a, he took a turn in his thoughts, okay? I will look again toward your holy temple. Even though all of this is happening around me, I will look again toward your holy temple. And everything changed for him. Read with me. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When I was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. In that moment where Jonah turned his eyes from the things of the, what was happening around him and the things of the earth, and he focused his attention on the things of heaven, his demeanor, his thoughts, everything changed. Everything changed for him. Verse 10, and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. His time in the darkness was all of a sudden time in the light. He wasn't in the darkness anymore. Was it fun to be vomited out of a fish? I'm sure not. But all of a sudden, instead of being on the raging seas where everything is tossing and turning you around, he was on dry ground and he was in the light again. Because he was thankful in the belly of that fish, because he turned his attention toward the things of heaven, and because he went back and he vowed to go back to do what God had asked him to do. So he repented. He was heading toward Tarshish, but he turned his life back to where God wanted him, toward Nineveh. He made a choice. And God vomited, that, that fish vomited him back out on the dry land. He had to persevere those three long days and three long nights in the belly of the fish to see the miracle. His heart had to come through a little bit of a change in order to see that miracle. Because I don't know about you, but I've never heard of anybody going into the belly of a fish and coming out three days later alive. 
Like that in itself is a miracle that he lived. If you've never read Jonah before, and even if you have, read the rest of the story this week. Because God went on to change the lives of the people in Nineveh through Jonah, even though he had made a mistake. There is grace. God can still use you, even though you've made mistakes, because we all have. And even when you're in your deepest, darkest place that you feel like you've ever been, turn your attention to the Lord. Turn your eyes to the Lord. Repentance plays a big part in that too. If you've sinned, saying, I'm sorry, and I will do as you've asked me to do, just like Jonah did. The dictionary.com tells me the definition of persevere, so I thought I would share this with you guys this morning. It says, to persist in anything undertaken, to maintain a purpose in spite of difficulty, obstacles, or discouragement, to continue steadfastly, to maintain a purpose despite obstacles and twists and turns in this journey called life, to maintain a purpose. What is your purpose here? Are your eyes fixed on your purpose? Are you looking toward God in all of your circumstances, or are you walking the other direction? I have a story to tell you guys about perseverance, Um, and it goes back to that 5K that we ran last weekend, which did not start till like 9 o'clock at night. It was very late, and we were all there, and it was getting dark, okay? And I had other adults with me, but I, I kind of went ahead with the kiddos that had a ton of energy. There were four of them. And the first couple miles, we were out ahead, and it, I was the only adult there with them, and it was, it was fun. Um, and then we got to about around, around mile two, and my daughter did, like, she has flat feet, and they hurt her pretty bad. She's, I want to just say that, like, she's not a... She's not a crier. She's not one of those kiddos that will cry at anything. Like, she does ballet downtown, and she does it several days a week for several hours a day. Uh, Sometimes it will make her cry. Like, her feet will hurt her so bad that she'll come out in tears. So it's not normal, honestly, for her to cry. But during this race, somewhere around mile two, she looks at me and says, I can't go any further. My feet hurt me so bad. And she had tears in her eyes. And I turned like this at her, and I, I did this, and I was like, go ahead, get on. She gets up on my back, and we take off, okay? So we're taking off on this 5K, and we're headed down a hill, and I know we still got a mile left. And I walked a long time, and I said to her, I'm like, Ab, do you think you can walk a little bit further? She took a deep breath. She's like, I can try. And I, and I set her back down. And she didn't walk very far before one of my girlfriends came up right behind us. Like, she had caught up to us. And she was walking right beside us. And so Abby tried to walk a little bit and couldn't. Like, at this point, there are tears streaming, like, down her chin. And and she's not crying. Like, you can't hear her, but you can see it if you look at her. 
you know, like a silent. She doesn't want anybody to feel bad for her. And so I looked at her and I said, okay. And I did it again and I got down like this. I'm like, get on. So she got up. But this time we were headed up a hill that went to heaven. And <laughs> I could see that said hill out in front of me. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can make it up this hill. Like for real, don't think I can make it up this hill. And um, we head up and we're, you know, I, I said to her, I kind of turned over my shoulder. And I was like, we're in this together, okay? And she, I could feel her shake her head. Yes, yeah, she didn't say anything. And so I got about halfway up that hill, and you guys, I was panting like a hyena. Like, I could not breathe. I'm, this is the second time I'm carrying her, and I'm tired. And it, I was just, I couldn't breathe. And so I'm like, girl, I have got to put you down for a couple seconds. Like, mama needs to breathe. And, and so she, she gets down beside me, and she's still got tears in her eyes. And, like, my girlfriend, who is a strong believer in Christ as well, comes up in front of Abby, but behind me, and does this get on, okay? Abby got on her back, and my girlfriend not only carried her the rest of the way up that hill, but all the way to the finish line. And I say all that to say to you guys, that is what the body of Christ is. When you're persevering through something or you're going through something hard, you don't have to go it alone. God doesn't want you to be in isolation. He doesn't want you to have to figure it out by yourself. If you're not a part of a small group, you guys, I highly recommend you get in one because it's life-giving. If you're not serving somewhere, that can be like a life group too. Like we need to come around each other as the body of Christ and be that person that gets down on the floor and carries your daughter because she's your family the rest of the way to the finish line. Right? That's what we should be doing It's loving each other that way and holding each other that way when we're persevering through difficult circumstances. Now, I get that that was just a 5K, but I really think that it applies to everyday life for all of us. I went through a personal hard time recently, and... Um, back in the beginning of COVID was kind of like the beginning of a really hard time for me. COVID happened. Um, I had to learn how to do homeschool. Heaven help me with my kids on devices, all four home all week long, which I know every other mom in the world did, but like it just was a lot. It was a lot to learn. Um, and at the very same time, two weeks later, my mom was diagnosed with a terminal cancer diagnosis. My world felt like it was falling apart. All I felt around me in that moment was death. That's what it felt like. There was just a lot of loss. The loss of my freedom, the loss of school, the loss that was coming with my mom. Like, there's just a lot happening in my life at that time. And the Lord gave me a verse I want to read it to you guys this morning. It's from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Really, God? 
do you really see what I'm going through right now? This is not joy. This is not pure joy, nor am I considering it that. Like, I just want to be honest. This is hard. I now live half the time in Alabama taking care of her and driving back and forth because heaven knows that the whole country is shut down. And I can't even go to church to be in corporate worship because churches have shut down. Really? That's where I was. It was a dark place, you guys. But God said, consider it pure joy, Jennifer, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy. Not too long after the Lord gave me that verse, he gave me a second verse that came pretty close to the time that my mom stepped into heaven. And it's just a little bit further down in James 1. James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. And perseverance leads to things that make you mature as a believer. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. That's powerful. Because this journey, this road, this race that we're on is not filled with sugar plum fairies and gobstoppers all the time. It's not. It's not all good. We have good times, but we also have really dark, deep moments. And we have these times where the road is going around like this and we have no idea what's gonna come next. Just like Jonah. He's in the belly of a great fish. He has no idea what's gonna come next. But yet he turned his eyes toward heaven. And so can you. And so can I. No matter what we're in the midst of, God is not only there with us, but he's inside of us. And he wants you to cry out to him. He wants to talk to you about what you're going through. And you don't have to go through it alone. I have one more short story and I will end. Back in 1952, a woman by the name of Florence Chathwick decided that she was gonna swim between the California coast and Catalina Island which is called the English Channel. I don't know why she decided she wanted to do such things, but I would never choose to do such things. 
I think she's crazy. But that's another story because have you ever been in the Pacific Ocean? I was there one time and it was so cold that I said to the Lord, the only reason I will get in that water is to baptize somebody. It was so cold and it was choppy. So she decided she was going to swim it. It's a 26-mile swim in the cold, dark waters in between California and Catalina Island. She trained for a really long time. She even took out, like, boats to go on each side of her so that there was somebody there if something happened to her, like if she were to get a cramp or she just couldn't continue on, there would be lifeboats. Her mom went with in one of the lifeboats actually with her. So she set out on this swim with the goal of finishing the 26 miles. 15 hours into her swim, a really, really thick fog set in. She couldn't see really much beyond herself and neither could the people in her lifeboats. That thick fog stole her vision and it stole her confidence. Her confidence in what was coming next, her confidence in her ability to finish, her confidence to be able to head the right direction, and her vision of where she was supposed to be going was gone. And within herself, she decided that she was going to keep going. And one hour later, at the 16-hour mark, she decided to call it quits because she just had had enough and she couldn't see and she was done. So she climbed up in the lifeboat and she realized she only had one mile to go before she was done. In all fairness to her, she did finish it and went back and actually swam the thing years later both ways. Perseverance. I say all of this this morning to say to you, keep going. Whatever it is that feels like you're in the deepest, darkest place of your life and you can't see a way out and you're not seeing life around you at all, you're not feeling life, keep going. Because what you can't see is what God can see. God knew that the island was only one mile away. He knew it. He knew what was to come. Sometimes we lose our vision and we get caught in the fog of life. Sometimes, don't we? Like Jonah, take and fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't let anything distract you because guess what? Victory is right ahead. It's coming. And when you get through that really hard time and you've had to persevere for a long time, when you get through it, you guys, it's like none other because everything changes for you. There's like this fire that lights up on the inside of you and you can't take it anymore. Like it just has to come out. There's this Holy Spirit fire that happens after you've persevered and your life is never going to be the same. You don't worship the same. You don't see
people the same. And people's lives are going to be changed because of what God did in you, because you chose to persevere. Just like Jonah, an entire city was changed because he chose to persevere and to turn his eyes toward heaven. Victory is right around the corner. Grab some people to take that journey with you guys. Because we need each other. You're not alone. You may not be going through a really tough time in your life right now. But trials come for all of us. Or you may know somebody who's in the middle of one. I want to see us as a church doing this. Jump on. And carrying each other through to the finish line. There was a verse that the Lord brought to mind when my mom stepped into heaven. And it's good for every one of us. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Y'all, I wanna, I wanna be able to say that someday. I don't know about you, but I wanna be able to say that. I wanna be able to say I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I'm just going to let that sit for a minute. We're going to stand and worship one more time. And just like when you come out of a trial and you've persevered, I want you guys, I encourage you to worship like you never have before to make this last song a declaration of where you're at in your faith with Christ, a declaration of what's to come in your life and what's to come in your family's life, a declaration of who God is to you because he's amazing. And if you don't know Jesus yet, I want to tell you about him. After church, you come see me. During the song, you come see me. I want to tell you all about him.